everybody, Pastor Chris here. Thanks for listening to our Market Street Podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope today's message helps you in your walk with Jesus. For more ways to connect, visit us at marketstreetchurch.org. You can be seated. Well, good morning, good morning. So, um, man, I just wanted to say hello to you. Um, but I also, more importantly, wanted to introduce uh, Jason, Pastor Jason, his wife, Laura, and Jack, and Jed's in Kids Church. Come on up, guys. Yeah, absolutely. Give, give, give it up for Jason and Lloyd's wife, Laura, and Jack. Awesome, man. Awesome. So we're um, excited. Uh, I just came uh, from over at the Market Street Church Community Center um, and uh, just had a great time uh, with, with some people over there at 930. And, um, and so uh, lo- looking forward to what God has in store uh, in, our, in our journey together, our new chapter uh, in, in this ministry together. So we're, we're, we're super pumped and uh, so, so grateful to have uh, Jason, Laura, and his family uh, on our team. And uh, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be exciting. We're, g- we're going to really uh, kick the devil's teeth in. That's, what, that's the plan. Uh, so that's our, that's our ambition. And so, um, so we're ex- looking forward to um, just uh, some incredible, incredible opportunities uh, to meet, need, meet needs, love people, reach our community. That's, that's our ambition, right? We love people. We want to help people then begin a relationship with Jesus, help people grow in a relationship with Jesus. That's, that's, our, that's our hope and that's our prayer. So, uh, so we're, 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 we're praising God for, uh, for these opportunities. So, um, yeah. So did you, did you give announcements yet? I gave announcements. Okay. Yeah. He let, all right. He let you know. Yeah. All right. He let you know some things that are, that are coming up. And yeah. um, so he, there'll be, you'll be hearing a lot of, yeah. of things that are going to be un, unfolding over the next few days um, with, with some uh, ways in which you can get connected, you can engage. Um, and so I would encourage you to, man, if you would reach out uh, to Jason, you may get his, his phone number, let him have yours, and, uh, and, and let's encourage each other, love each other uh, the way that Jesus loves us. What do you say? That sound yeah, good, Mar- Market Street Church family? Awesome. Cool. Awesome. Thanks, Thanks guys. Brother. All right. Cool. So, um, oh, there's my table. Um, so we started a, a, a series last week that we just, we called Revelation Over Resolution, Revelation Over Resolution. And, and so the idea of that is, is simple, is that um, maybe for you, you started a, a New Year's resolution. And, and if you did, that's great. I mean, the New, Year, New Year's resolutions are, are, are good. You know, if you can eat better, you know, exercise take something away, you know, add something good to your life, stop a habit. All those things are, are, are great things. But here's, here's what you have already discovered, and here's what I, I've already discovered. Um, oftentimes, at least the percentages, th- those don't last. They don't make, we don't make it, right? It's only about 8% of the people make it past March, you know, when you have a New Year's resolution. They, and they're, they're, they're temporary. Again, not bad things. You should, you should do them. I do them. Not not bad things, but but they don't. They oftentimes they don't last, and so we we want to, as Jesus followers, we want to strive for something bigger. We want to strive for something more. We want to have a, a revelation. That's what we want to have. We want to have a revelation. What is a what is a revelation? Revelation is a a revealing of truth. A revealing of truth. You see. Resolutions—they're oftentimes for us. They're—they're—they're they're, they're more personal. They're—they're—they're—they're they're, they're, they're intentionally made for to to better us, better us. But revel, revelation—they—they're—they're they're for the intention of not only bettering us, but bettering the people around us. They're bettering. They're for the betterment of the people around us. It's—it's not—it's not about me. It's about we. And so, 
our goal, our ambition is to have a revelation. What is it that God wants to reveal to us? What is it that he, what does he want to say to me? But what does he want to say to you? But what does he want us to say to us collectively? That's, that's the, the ambition here. That's what we're going for here. And so um, for the last number of months, I've been th- just thinking about, you know, this idea of, of talking about uh, different churches in the book of Revelation. There's, there's seven churches uh, mentioned in the, in the book of Revelation that, um, that, that God, you know, gave a message to a guy by the name of John. Uh, John was, was an apostle and, and, and God gave him an, an incredible revelation. And, and if you're here with us last week, we talked about that this message was for the global church, the big C church, like, you know, the, 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 church, the, the church that God is advancing and God is growing and it's Jesus's church and, and the gates of hell can't, you know, stop it, you know. And it's a message of, of encouragement. It's a message of hope. And so maybe you've like been in a Bible study about the book of Revelation and you're like, man, this is like way over my head. You, don't, you know, I, you're in good company because I'm with you, all right? Um, and so a lot of it is just like way over our head. But, but really it was meant to be an encouragement for what is to come in the future. It's meant to give us hope. It's meant to really galvanize our faith and our trust in God that ultimately, and you've heard this many times, ultimately we win. We win. And we're to walk out this victory. We're to walk out this, these wins in our life that God has for us. But just like anytime you want to give critique, I, I don't know about you, but it, this, this is a great lesson for us. Anytime you want to give critique, you should, you should always start with a compliment. You, you, I hope you know this, right? Anytime you, have, you want to maybe share something, this is, uh, this, is good, this is good marriage advice. Husbands, you need to start writing this stuff down, all right? All right? Anytime you want to give a critique, you should, you should start with, with, a, with a compliment. And so w- the, this is the approach that Jesus took with most of these churches. He started with a compliment. He started with something that was, that was good. That, he started with something that they were doing well. And then he said, but this is something that you need to work on, or this is something that you need to, to look at. And so for us, starting this year, 2022, new excitement, new hope, you know, fresh start, all these things, I want us to look at what is it that God not only wants to say to us as a, as a global church, but what does God want to say to us as a local church? Because that's ultimately what the book of Revelation is all about. And that's ultimately what, you know, these letters that were written to these local seven churches. They were specific churches that God cares about our little local church. That God Almighty, creator, maker, sustainer of everything, loves our little local church. That we matter. That we're not lost on God because we're in a little city called Wald Lake in Michigan, right? And, and on, on a street called Market Street. Like, that's not lost on Jesus. He is aware of us. He loves us. And the reason why is because what is a church? The church is people. And he loves, he loves people. 
And what we already know, what we already know, there isn't a perfect church. Do you know that? I hope you know that. I know. You're like, no, I go to one. This is a good, this is about as perfect. You're right. You're right. You're right. No, no. I love, I love, I love church. I love going to church. As a matter of fact, when I go on vacation, one of the things I enjoy is going to churches. I know. Doesn't that sound, I, I'm a, such a church dork, right? I, I love just going and visiting different churches and seeing what they're doing. I'm like, oh, we'll steal that. We'll steal that. We'll steal that. We won't do that. Um, you know, I love doing that is but here's what I've discovered and here's what you already know there's just there's no perfect church there's no perfect church and so Jesus knows that he knows that and so he's like listen these are some things that you're doing well and these are some things we gotta we gotta work on we gotta do better so Revelation 2 Revelation 2 verse 1 to the angel of the church in Ephesus write the one who holds the seven stars in his right hand The one who walks among the seven golden lampstands says this. Now, (laughs) pause. What is this about, right? Okay, so does this mean that every local church has an angel? Yes. Yeah. Now, it's not what you think. It's not like the angels with the wings and all dressed in white, you know, glowing. and, And it's not what you mean. As a matter of fact, that word or that phrase angel is actually referring to pastors. Pastors. Now, I've been called a lot of things. Things I can't say in church. Yeah, so it's probably the pastor's wife. Yeah, they're probably talking for sure. But I, I listen, listen, I, I've been called a lot of things, but uh, listen, angel has never been one that I've been called. Now, you're welcome to call me angel if you want. Okay, you can call Pastor Jason's wife Angel if she, she'll she she'll she's good with that. Jason Angel, whatever you want. But listen, I've never been called an angel. I've been called uh, Rabbi. Did you I, did you know that I've been called? I, that was my favorite. I, I still. I still long to be a rabbi. Like, I, I just, there's something about it. Like, and, the, and it went like this. They said, I was at a church, another church, and, and they said, rabbi. I said, yeah. I didn't even correct them. <laughs> They're like, where's the bathroom? I'm like, oh. Like, well, that, like that, I was like, that was my moment. Like, like, it wasn't like, rabbi, can you teach me the Torah? No, it was rabbi, where's the bathroom? So, um, I, I, listen, angel. So this is, a, this is a two pastors to a local church, okay? How do I know that? How do I know that? Well, if you go back a verse, uh, back in uh, Revelation 1. As for the mystery of the seven stars, which you saw in my right hand, and the seven golden lampstands, the seven stars, are the angels of the seven churches. So also known as stars. So you can call me star. You can call me angel. But Pastor Chris is fine too. Okay. Uh, I don't feel like anybody's going to do that. Okay. Um, so he's just referring to the, the pastors. And then, and then he says to the, to the seven churches. And the seven lampstands are the seven lampstands are the seven Churches. So this just kind of gives you an idea of what, uh, what, what, he's, what he's talking about. So he's, he's writing these letters to these pastors to share with these specific local churches, these lampstands in their community, which ultimately what it, it's what our church is supposed to be. We're supposed to be the light of the world, right? 
We're the salt of the earth. We're supposed to be the, a lampstand in our community. Listen, if you get nothing out of this message today, I want you to know this, that we are called as Market Street Church to be a lampstand in this community. And it's not just me and it's not just Pastor Jason or Pastor John or anybody else. It is all of us. You matter. You and I matter. Jesus is our head. Just in case you, you, don't, you don't know who's in charge, Jesus is our head. And we, we, me included, we are the body of Christ. We all play a part in the body of Christ. Okay, here's what he says. Next slide, if you could. Um, next slide. No? No more slides? Okay. So in Ephesus, in Ephesus, here's what existed. This is the temple of Artemis. This, is, this was the temple of Artemis. The Romans referred to it as the, the temple of Diana, okay? Diana was this, this goddess, and, and they worshiped this, this goddess Diana. And so in Ephesus, which is where this letter was, was written to, to this church, was, this was, was what was going on there. It was, this, it was known as the, the seven ancient wonders of the world. It was just this beautiful, beautiful temple where people would come, and people would go, and people would, would worship at this place. Well, the origin of the church in Ephesus was is that basically Paul, a guy like Paul and his companions went into Ephesus and they just started preaching Jesus. They started letting people know that there's hope found in Jesus, that your, your life, you can be saved, you can be forgiven, you can be set free, that there is only one God. There's only one God. There's not multiple gods and Diana certainly isn't a God at all. And as a result of that, that was the message. And people were coming and receiving Jesus as their Savior. And now this church is beginning to form. And this is ticking off the people that are sort of controlling and running this temple. Because now no, but nobody is going to the temple to pray to the goddess of Diana. Now they're going and they're gathering in homes and they're gathering in synagogues uh, on Sunday to worship the one true God Jesus. And so the next picture is a picture of what it's like today. So this is uh, modern day Turkey, uh, where Ephesus was. And this is the, where, what it's like today. It's just, just ruins of what was something great. Now, this is a great picture or a great analogy of what the church did, what Christianity did. Christianity said, you know what? We're going to turn that city of Ephesus on its head. What once people came to come and worship the goddess of Diana, they're now going to come and they're going to gather under the name of Jesus. And, it, and eventually what happened was is that people stopped going to the temple and they started going to church. And this is what remains. The Christianity changed everything in that city. And that's the power of being a Jesus follower. That's the power of the work of God. That's the power of when the church comes together under one banner, under one name, the name of Jesus. Everything changes. Everything changes. Right, church? Come on, stay with me so I know you're there. All right. Everything will change as a result of that. And look, look what it says in Acts 19. You see and hear that not only in Ephesus, but in almost all of Asia, this Paul has persuaded and turned away a considerable number of people saying that gods made by hands are not gods at all. 
And this is, I'm telling you, this was the work of a church that came together, that were galvanized under one name, and it made a tremendous impact in that city. Listen, that's still true today. That can happen for us today. I'm telling you. Now, he begins then to describe, now, this is some 40 years go by, okay? From the time Acts 19 to now this letter written to this church in Ephesus, some 40 years go by. Here's what it says. I know your deeds and your labor and perseverance and that you cannot tolerate evil people and you have put those who call themselves apostles to the test and they are not and you found them to be false. Now, this is the kind of church that I want to be a part of. Look at this. I mean, he says, I know your deeds. He goes, in your, your labor, your labor. That word labor means like that they worked, they served to exhaustion. They, they gave their time and their energy and their resources to exhaustion. They, I mean, they just wanted to make sure that things happened and things worked and things functioned the way that they, and things were done, what, what needed to be done within the church. I mean, they labored for that and they persevered through all that. And, and look at it says, and they cannot tolerate evil people. And he says, you have put those who call themselves apostles to the test. You know what you know would happen? They would have men and women that would show up to the church and they would say, we're apostles. We're apostles. And then, and then the church would go, well, just because you say you're an apostle doesn't actually mean you're an apostle. And so they would go, no, no, no. I spent time with, I spent time with Peter or I spent time with Philip or I spent time with Thomas. Yeah, I'm a... I'm, a, I'm an apostle. And, and these guys, they would go, well, maybe, but we're going to test you. Maybe, but we're going to make sure that you're not a false teacher or you're not a false prophet. And then they would prove that they are not. And they found them to be false. So they were a hardworking church. They worked, they served, you know, they met needs. They were a church that loved the word of God. They were a church that were, was founded on the authority of the scriptures. Any, anybody that tried to come into that church and, and try to teach anything other than, you know, the true gospel and, and right doctrine, they were the ones that were going to say, nope, if this, if this isn't biblical, we're not going to do it. If this isn't of God, we're not going to do it. I don't care who you claim to be. We're going to test you. They were the guardians of the truth. Isn't that a great church? What a great church. They worked. They served. They, they, were, they stood on the authority of Scripture. They made sure that everything was done right and true. And they weren't going to let any compromise. They weren't going to let any immorality in. Because they wanted to make sure that they were a bride of Jesus that was pure and holy. What a great church. Look what it says next. Verse 3, and you have perseverance and have endured on the account of my name and have not become weary. I mean, they, 
They stuck it out. They went through trials and difficulties and challenges, and they stuck it out. They kept going, and they kept going to a place where they're like, I'm not going to be weary in well-doing. I'm not going to be weary. I'm not going to become weary in well-doing. That's what they did. What a church. What a church. But, but, look what he says. But, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. You know what the church was so good at? The church was so good at the what. What needs to be done? What has to happen? What I'm obligated to do? I'm obligated to serve. I'm obligated to give. I got, I'm obligated to attend church on a regular basis. I'm obligated to sing the songs. I got I to gotta smile in the sermon. I'm obligated not to fall asleep. I'm obligated... <laughs> It, the church became about the what. What? What do I got to do? What has to happen? But you know what it forgot? It forgot the why. It forgot the why. It forgot the reason why they serve, the reason why they give generously, the reason why they show up and gather together in community. They forgot the reason for it all. They, they got caught up in the, in the mundane and the motions of religion. This is, this is I got to do this and I got to do that. I got to go there and I got to be part of that. They got caught up in the, in the religion of it and they forgot about the why. And the why for all of us is about a relationship with Jesus. They forgot that they did it. Why they did it. Why they serve. Why they give. Why they get in the community. Why they grow in their faith. Why they, why, you know, why they attend. Why they sing the songs. Why they listen to the sermon. Why they read their Bible. Why they pray. They forgot what it was all about. And it was all about Jesus. And it's all about Jesus. And I wonder sometimes if the church has forgotten why we do what we do. The why for me and the why for you is always the same. It's for him. It's our love for God. It's love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second commandment is just like it, that you love your neighbor as you love yourself. And that there is a world that God so loved that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but will have everlasting life. Let's not forget our first love. We love God, we love each other, and we love a lost world that needs Jesus. Let's not get caught up in the what we do around here, but why we do it. And this happens to all of us. Come on, this happens to all of us. I remember um, when I was dating my wife, Katie, and she was uh, attending Central Michigan University. Central Michigan, about two and a half uh, hours from here. 
on one occasion, and I, this is just one example out of, out of many, on one occasion, um, my friend who also attended that school, his parents were coming up um, f- uh, for, for a little bit uh, to see their son. And so I, I said, you know what? I'm going to hitch a ride with them. I, so I hitched a ride with my buddy's parents, which was, I, I, I didn't enjoy their company. It was my buddy's parents. Like, um, <laughs> I'm just telling you the truth. And so I, I hitched a ride with my buddy's parents and drove two and a half plus hours to Mount Pleasant. True, true story. So that I can see Katie for 20 minutes before she had to go to, to some classes. And then for 20 minutes, I saw Katie and then drove back two and a half hours with my buddy's parents. Is that love or what? Was that love or what? Like I drove I, like, like five hours of driving with my buddy's parents so that I can see her for 20 minutes. Like, I don't know about you. Have you guys ever done ridiculous things like that for love? Like you remember that romance time? Come on, like don't look at me like that. You've done it. You've done it. All right, all right. So now what happens now, right? You, you know this. What happens now? Like Katie's like, can you, you know, run up to the store and get me something? Oh, seriously? Like, you want me to go out into the cold? I got to start the car, right? Oh, my goodness. Like, you want me to drive? Like, uh, it's like a mile. You want me to go a mile into the store, right? What happens, right? What happens? We move from romance, and then, and then over time, it just regresses, right? And, and oftentimes, we get into that honeymoon stage, right? That honeymoon stage. Some of you are in this room. You're in that honeymoon stage right now. You're like, you can't even imagine not going a mile for the person that you love. And listen, I, I do. I groan, but I'm like, all right, honey, I love you, you know? It's like, but listen, oftentimes, that's what happens, we forget those moments. We forget those times when we first. Remember, you remember when you first became a Christian? Come, I, think back with me. You remember when you first became a Christian? You remember that, like, like the, the excitement? Like, you didn't care what chair you were sitting in. You just wanted to be in church and worship. You didn't care what song was being played. You just, it didn't matter if it was about Jesus, you sang it. You didn't even care what your, your friends or family thought about you when you were like, yeah, I'm going to church and man, I, I'm, I've started a relationship with Jesus. I'm like reading my Bible. You're, you're telling anybody and everybody about how great Jesus is. What's happened? What's happened? And if you still have that enthusiasm and if you still have that zeal and that excitement, you know, to to keep reading your scripture and to keep praying fervently and to keep inviting your friends and your family members to church and you keep having that that cheerfulness about giving generously of your time and and your money, listen, good for you. That's amazing. You haven't forgotten your first love. But if you're like most of us, we have. We forgot what it was like to not have a care about what anybody else thought of us because all the, the only one we cared about pleasing was him, was him. We didn't worry about what people said. We didn't think about how much we gave. We didn't think about how much time we put in. We cared about him him. And so 
He gives us three things. He gives us three things and we'll be done. Three things that I call the great physician's prescription to being healthy at church. To not just being a church that does a bunch of what's, but being a church that understands the why for why we do it, do what we do. To be a church that says, you know what, I, I want to, my, my devotion is not about religion. My devotion is about a relationship with Jesus. That I'm not here to make anybody impressed with me and I'm not even going to concern myself with the things that I don't like. My, my faith is founded in Jesus and Jesus only. So what is the prescription? Well, look what he says, verse five. Therefore, remember, remember. That's a great place to start. Just like what I asked you to do. Hey, do you remember what it was like when you first got saved? Do you remember what it was like? I mean, I remember working uh, in a, with a landscaping company and I remember just, you know, ha- having some time in a truck with, with a couple guys. And when I really, I mean, I grew up in a Christian home, but I didn't, it didn't really become real to me, you know, later on in my teenage lives or early into college years. And, and I just remember just working for this landscaping company and, and, and God just really getting a hold of my life and my heart. And I, I, I couldn't help but share to these guys who, who let, some of them I grew up with and knew, I couldn't help but share with these guys what Jesus was doing in my life. And I remember just, I remember creating a Bible study just so I can invite some coworkers to come to this Bible study at my house. I just, I just, I, I didn't have it. I was like, hey, I got this Bible study, but really I didn't have a Bible study. I just was like, hey, if you show up, we're having a Bible study, one of those deals. I was like, hey, you should come. And it was, it was just, I just, I remember just, it didn't, it didn't matter. It didn't matter. And it's so easy for the church to be like, get lost in the labor and the work, and the time, and the buildings, and the paint colors, and the chairs. And remember what it was like. And God's going, hey, come on. Remember that. Don't forget that. Don't forget how it was important to you when you read your Bible, when you spent time with the Lord every single morning and in prayer. Don't forget what it, what it was like to say, you know what, I'm, I'm just going to be a part of a team. I'm going to serve. I'm going to volunteer. Don't, don't forget what that's like. Remember. The other thing is repent. Look, he says, from where you were fallen and repent and repent. Now, repent is a tough word. I know it's in church. We're like, oh, repent. He's talking about repentance. Now, now he's going to make me feel guilty. Repentance means simply this to change, change your mind. Repentance means this, to turn around. That's what repentance means. And so a remedy for this, a prescription for this, when it comes to making sure that we don't fall away and, and forget the reason why we do what we do as a church, the remedy for that is, is, to, is to repent and to say, wait a second, wait a second. I may have made something about my faith more about me than about Jesus. I've probably made something about something else other than my relationship with Jesus. 
And, the, and what John is saying to all of us and through, through, through Jesus and this revelation of Jesus, what John is saying to us is this. Repent then. Repent. The other night, um, we were coming home from my son's basketball game. And I'm in conversation with my son about the game. We're just talking, and it's, it's night. It's, it's after 9 o'clock. It's, so, uh, you know, I, I'm now moving into old man status where I, I don't like driving at night. I know, I know. It's like, oh, I can't see. And we're like, oh, dang it, I'm an old man. Um, so it's at night. I'm driving, and I'm talking to my son, Nathan, about the basketball game. And, and I hear, as I'm driving, I hear my wife go, you missed it. And then, and then I was like, she's like, you just missed the turn. And then, and then so I, I, I just keep driving and I'm still t- talking and she's like, you missed it again. And, and then I'm like, I'm like, what? She goes, she goes, Chris, stop talking. Pay attention. You're missing the turns. And, I, and you know, as a guy, as a guy, I think it's a guy thing. I was like, I'll figure it out. I got it. Like, I, don't worry. There's another turn that I, can, that I can find. Well, I keep driving and driving and driving. I'm realizing, I, I'm, I'm now realizing I'm, I'm now getting way out of the way of, of being able to go home. And she's just going, how far are you going to drive? How far are you going to drive? How far are you going to drive? And I'm like, I'm going to drive as far as it takes. No. So I, I finally go, I finally go, and I pull over and I turn around and I go back. You know how hard that is for a guy to do? <sighs> turn around and go back. That's repentance. Repentance, actually, I, I know you're going to write this down, write this down. There, there, in the Greek for repentance, there's actually two meanings. One is almost a groan or a sigh. It's true. And then it's an action. So first it's an emotion, and then it's an action. It's an emotion, and then it's an action. You have to get to a place where you go, I'm going in the wrong direction. And if, and if, I, if, 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 if I keep going in this direction... We're just going to get even more lost. We're going to lose our way even more. And then you have to say, I've got to turn around. I've got to turn around. Is there something about your commitment to faith, your commitment when it comes to being a Jesus follower, that maybe, just maybe, you're going in the wrong direction. That the motive is about something else other than Jesus. And if that's the case, remember. Remember what it was like when you didn't care about anything else other than Jesus and repent and say, okay, I'll pull over and I'll turn around. Honey, you were right and I was wrong. God, you're right. 
I made it about me. I made it about me. And I didn't make it about you. I made my giving about me. I made my serving about me. I made my church attendance about me. And I didn't make it about you. The third thing is, we got to remember, I'll go back if you could, Neva. Remember, repent. And then look what he says. You did, do the deeds you did at first. Do the deeds that you did at first. Repeat, repeat. So remember, repent, repeat the process. Remember, repent, and keep repeating the process. We've got to get back to the basics of why we are Jesus followers. John Wooden, very, very successful basketball coach at UCLA. John Wooden won, I think, 88 consecutive games in a row. Multiple national championships. A tremendous coach, one of the greatest coaches of all time. And you know what he would do? You know what he would do? Before the start of every practice in every game, he would sit down with his team and he would say, okay, guys, this is how you put on your socks and this is how you tie your shoes. That's what you do. Can you imagine? I mean, here's a bunch of basketball players that have played for years and years and, they, they, and he would say, hey, guys, before we start this practice and before we start this game, we're just going to start with the basics. This is how you put on your socks and this is how you put on your shoes. Church, let's go back to the basics. Let's go back to the basics. It's about loving Jesus. Loving him with your, all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. It's all about him. You live and you move and you breathe because of him. You exist because of him. He put breath in your lungs because of him. He's graced, he's shown kindness and mercy and favor. It's all because of him. We exist for no other reason and for no other purpose other than him. Let's put our socks and our shoes on and let's make it about him. We love him. And the way that we love him the best is we love each other. Love each other. And we love the people in this community and in this world that don't know him because it's all about him. He's the head. He's the head. It's time for us to get back to the basics. Let's put on our socks. Let's put on our shoes. Let's remember that you 
were once lost, but now you're found. You were once in darkness, but now you're in light. You and I were once dead in our trespasses and in our sins, but he has made us alive in him. Come on, let's not forget the world needs that message. And just like in Ephesus, when it looked like this insurmountable task of getting people to move away from worshiping the goddess of Diana and all these other gods, the gospel of Jesus came and swept in there and changed everything. And then the tragedy over time it happened to that church. Christians who were understood their first love transformed that city for the cause of Jesus. And then the tragedy, Christians, because they lost their first love, they, they were removed. God removed their lampstand. Look what he says. He says, or else if you don't, if you don't repent, if you don't remember and you don't repeat, if you don't repent, remember, repent and repeat, I'm coming. And he didn't mean the second coming. What he meant is I'm going to come and I'm going to remove your light. Market Street Church, please, let's get back to the basics so that we can continue to be a lampstand church in this community. Let's not forget why we are here. It's about him. It's about him. It's about him. So one of the origin stories when the church began, I love this. I love this. One of the origin stories Paul was going in and Paul was doing like, you should read Acts 19. It was, it's insane. Paul was doing some crazy things where people were, lives were being changed and people were coming to know Christ and all that. It was just nuts. Well, there is these um, seven sons. They were the seven sons of these high, Jewish high priests who thought, whoa, this guy Paul is doing some amazing things. Like he's, he's casting out evil spirits out of people. And so they, they are thinking, we want to do the same thing. We're, we want to do the same thing. And so these seven sons, they weren't Jesus followers at all, but they would just hear Paul say like, in the name of Jesus, come out, come some evil spirit, come out of, out of people. Well, they tried it. You should, you got to read this. They tried it. They tried it in Acts 19. You should got to read it. They tried to exercise an evil spirit out of a guy, these seven sons. The evil spirit spoke back to the seven sons and said this. Do we have that verse? Verse, Yeah. But the evil spirit responded and said to them, I recognize Jesus and I know of Paul, but who are you? And then, you know what happened? That evil spirit beat up, bloodied, and stripped them naked of all their clothes because they weren't actual Jesus followers. Now, why do I share that? Because when it comes to, and 
when it comes to the spiritual world. I want the spiritual world to say about you and about me and about we. I know Jesus, I know Paul, and I know Market Street Church. I know Jesus and I know Paul and whoa, you Jesus follower that gather at Market Street, we've heard of you. That's the kind of impact that I want us to make. But we'll never make it. We'll never make it if we lost what it's all about. Father, Oh, so exciting what you want to do. God, you, you do so much that we, we can't even imagine. We can't even wrap our minds around. You do exceedingly and abundantly more. Just what you told to that church in Ephesus, that you want to do through your power exceedingly, abundantly more, all that we can think and ask according to the work you want to accomplish. God, I just pray, Lord, that that's a reality for all of us. That's a truth that we can all embrace, not only individually, but corporately, collectively. God, we just, we want to be a lampstand, a light that shines bright for you. That nobody sees us individually, but they just see us collectively as just your body. And that you as the head, you're in charge. It's all about you. So help us to be a people that understand the why, why we give, why we serve, why we gather, why we love, why we show forgiveness and grace and kindness, why we do that. It's because you showed it to us first. You set the example to all of us. Thank you, Jesus. Help us, Lord, to learn from this church. I pray, Lord, that we're not like this church We've, yeah, we've labored, we've persevered, we endured, we stuck to the truth of the authority of your word, but it was all for the wrong reason. It was all under the wrong motives and intents. God, it's about you. It's about you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Have a happy Sunday. Come on back next week for the second church. God bless you.